0: morning. For those of you who I don't know, my name is Jake, and I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, My areas are mainly worship, but also more recently college students and evangelism, and I look forward to meeting a few of you who I have not met that I've seen this morning, so please come introduce yourself. Um, We are going to pick pick up right where Pastor Shannon left off last year in this Really amazing, powerful uh, series through Isaiah that we 've been in for the last few months with a short break for Pentecost, uh, but we 're diving right back into Isaiah so before we go to our specific passage with with it, which is within a larger chunk of three chapters uh, we 're taking it in chunks, and this today we 're covering the topic of chapters 24 through 27, but we're going to focus on a really specific portion right in the middle of that to help us. And we'll go there in a minute, but first for a little context that's really important when we're studying such an Old um, Testament, ancient scripture like this. Um, So what we'll read today is a song. It's a song. That was kind of fun to discover. Um, as many of you know, I love music. So this is a this what we're studying is a song, and it's a song that Isaiah is prophesying for the nation of Judah, and it's a song of hope. And the beginning of the chapter that we'll read from today says, "On that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah." So this is a song for the future from Isaiah's perspective. And that day that Isaiah is talking about is actually a day of judgment on the earth. Judgment prophesied by Isaiah where God will bring about the earthly and spiritual consequences of the wickedness of the people. And there's two really important truths that Pastor Shannon Uh, really nicely framed for us that last week that I'd like to restate for our purposes today. And the first is that Judah was not exempt from this judgment that God was going to bring about. They were uh, part of this coalition of these nations that were looking to each other uh, for security instead of trusting in their God, instead of trusting in Yahweh. So Judah um, was not exempt from this judgment. However, in the scope of the whole Old Testament and God's chosen people, the people of Israel, it is Judah that is this remnant of, of those who are faithful to God. And of all the 12 tribes of, of the nation of Israel, it is Judah that through this journey of God's people that we see in the Old Testament. It's Judah that is this remnant of faithful, although not totally faithful and and ultimately unfaithful, which is why God sent his own son. And we'll get to that. We'll touch on that later. But so this is a song of hope for Judah, this remnant of Of those who are are faithful, although still being judged by God. And the second point that Pastor Shannon brought up is that judgment actually goes hand in hand with hope. And that without justice, evil continues and good does not prevail. So to give you a small taste of of the judgment that Isaiah prophesies in this section, uh, before we go to our passage today, just listen to a short snippet of his judgment prophecy earlier in chapter 24. It says, the earth dries up and withers. The world languishes and, and withers. The heavens languish together with the earth. The earth lies polluted under its inhabitants, for they have transgressed its laws, violated the statutes, broken the everlasting covenant. But then as the judgment prophecy continues, and as Isaiah foretells of God establishing his justice, this song comes out. So let's read the passage together. I encourage you, the the passage will be on the screen, but it's rather long today, and we're going to go through it, it's really uh, both powerful and beautiful, and there's things you might want to revisit, so I would encourage you to open, if if you can, on your phones or in the Bible in front of you. We're in Isaiah chapter 26, it's kind of right in the middle of your Bible, and we're going to start at verse 7. The way of the righteous is level. Straight is the path of the righteous that you clear. In the path of your judgments, O Lord, we have placed hope. Your name and your renown are the soul's desire. My soul yearns for you in the night. My spirit within me earnestly seeks you. For when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world learn righteousness. If favor is shown to the wicked, they do not learn righteousness. They corrupt what is upright on the earth and do not see the majesty of the Lord. O Lord, your hand is lifted up, but they do not see it. Let them see your zeal for your people and be ashamed. Let the fire from your adversaries consume them. O Lord, may you ordain peace for us. For indeed, all that we have done, you have done for us. O Lord, our God, other lords besides you have ruled over us, but we acknowledge your name alone. The dead do not live, shades do not rise because you have punished and destroyed them and wiped out all memory of them. But you have increased the nation, O Lord. You have increased the nation. You are glorified. You have enlarged all the borders of the land. O Lord, in distress, they sought you. They poured out a prayer when your chastening chastening was on them. Like a woman with child about to give birth, writhes and cries out in her pain, so were we because of you, O oh Lord. We were with child. We writhed. But we gave birth only to wind. We have, no, we have won no victories on earth, and no one is born to inhabit the world. Your dead shall live. Their corpses shall rise. Those who dwell in the dust will awake and shout for joy, for your dew is a radiant dew, and the earth will give birth to those long dead. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for these words. Thank you for your word, Lord, that has been passed down generation to generation for thousands of years, Your truth. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are our teacher. Teach us, Lord. Speak to us. Highlight for us things in this challenging passage from Isaiah. Highlight ways that you want to speak to us in our lives. Things that you, ways that you want to disciple us. And we gladly ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. So there's much uh, imagery in this chapter, varying emotions. And it would be easy, and I say this from experience this week in studying this, it would be easy to miss the forest because of the trees, if you know that saying. But when taking a step back and reading this in The context of all three of these, uh, four of these chapters, 24 through 27, this is a song of hope. And without being able to read all of those chapters, I I ask for you to to trust me this morning and, and keep in mind that this is Isaiah's song of hope for Judah. So let's unpack it. The way of the righteous is level. These three couplets that are up on the screen really uh, spoke to me, really stood out to me this week in studying them, and, and it's because of this. The first couplet that you see there is a simple statement of reality, that those who live in the ways of the Creator and the ways that He intended will have a level path through his creation. Those who live in the ways that the creator intended will walk on a level and straight path through creation. It's just a simple statement. The way of the righteous is level. Straight is the path of the righteous that you clear. And then the second couplet is a response. It's not a simple reality. It's a response that that a person could Or could not have. In the path of your judgments, O Lord, we have placed hope. It's a spiritual posture. I want you to really hear that because we're gonna be talking about a few of those this morning. It's a spiritual posture of trust that we could or could not take. And then the third line is another simple reality. That's beautiful. Your name and your renown are the soul's desire. I find it important that Isaiah chose the word to say the soul's desire in contrast with the next verse when he says, my soul yearns for you. But here he says, the soul. As in saying that God is the true fulfillment of the human soul of every human soul. Your name and your renown are the soul's desire. A way I would summarize this: uh, these three couplets here are God's way is the best way. Continuing on, my soul yearns for you in the night. My spirit earnestly seeks you for when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world learn righteousness. If favor is shown to the wicked, they do not learn righteousness. They corrupt what is upright on the earth and do not see the majesty of the Lord. O Lord, your hand is lifted up, but they do not see it. Let them see the zeal for your people and be ashamed. Let the fire for your adversaries consume them. Just as a competitive athlete seeks wisdom and direction from a coach in how to train, wanting to compete well, wanting to know how to think, how to act, how to live well so that they compete well in the race or in the the game or in the competition, Isaiah is seeking earnestly God for his ways in how to live well. And not just for himself, but he's speaking on behalf of the people, his people of of Judah, who believe in Yahweh and his ways as the creator to prevail for the sake of justice. They seek him and want his ways to prevail, his justice to prevail, so that the world can learn and grow in righteousness Isaiah wants for his people to seek God as he himself seeks him. God's way is the best way. Our good friend Mark Bates, who if you don't know Mark, he is the husband of our lead pastor Colleen. He is a board, board game and card game maker. I don't know if you know this about him. Uh, if you like games, next time you see him, ask him about his sovereign chess and his World Cup soccer game. They're brilliant. And so, so for, ima- for a moment, imagine learning a new game with some friends. How nice would it be to have the maker of that very game, the number on your cell phone to call, if you're, the people you were playing with were not playing the game how the maker intended? <laughs> they are making up their rules. They're not, they're not playing the game the way it's supposed to be played. Maybe they're playing unfairly to advantage themselves. Well, just as I do have the option of calling Mark, if you and I are to play sovereign chess and you're cheating, I will call Mark and I'll say, Mark, set, 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 set us straight. Uh, well, just in that same way, Isaiah knew the living God. He knew in personal relationship the Lord of all creation and sought him earnestly in this section, in this passage, not for comfort, but for righteousness to be carried out, for God's justice to be carried out. This section of our, of our passage is, is hard, it's challenging for us to swallow. But it made me think of my friends in Glasgow that are from Iran, and I know. Uh, Probably the last few times you've heard me speak, I've talked about this. I'm probably going to talk about it a hundred or two more times because it was such an impactful year for Brian and I. But it made me think of a specific prayer night that we had in Scotland where these, these people that were refugees from the really oppressive government in Iran, whose families who had been, many of them had, had families who were harmed Who they themselves were harmed, forced to flee from their country. In this prayer meeting, we were praying for justice to flow like rivers in Iran. But the pastor, beautifully and boldly, taught them that Jesus taught us to pray for our enemies. And it was amazing to see these people earnestly praying for their enemies, praying for the leaders of Iran but also asking within that for justice, for goodness, to, for fairness to be, to be in that land again. It's really inspiring. And so what, I know the two examples this morning, one is a game and, and one is an oppressive regime, but all of us are somewhere in the, in the middle of that. We've experienced a desire for fairness a desire for justice. One of the lines in here says, they corrupt what is upright on the earth and do not see the majesty of the Lord. There's an insight here that I wanted to point out that the less we acknowledge God and his ways, the less we see him. So again, it says, they corrupt the upright on the earth and do not see the majesty of the Lord. Well, I've found the inverse of this to be true as well, that the more we acknowledge God and His ways, the more we see Him. If you daily acknowledge God, you will daily see Him. See His majesty, I love this choice of word because it carries both a sense of beauty and awe, but also a sense of authority and power. They do not see His majesty. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not rely on your own insight. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. Acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. So with this in mind, acknowledging God, wanting to see Him and His majesty, his beauty, and his authority, I want to ask you to consider a challenge for this morning. This is is for me as well. This was something I was challenged with this week. In sitting with this passage, I wondered if in our culture at large, but also specifically our Christian culture, if we have settled on such a negative connotation for the word judgment While in part I know this stems from a good and uh, even biblical intention of not wanting to be like the Pharisees who Jesus accused of pointing out the speck in their neighbor's eye, but not the log in their own. So that's a good intention that we don't want to be too quick to judge others when we ourselves carry sin with us. But have we gone too far and frowned upon God's judgments? Have we included his judgments in this negative view of judgment? So let me remind you again of what Pastor Shannon told us last week. Without judgment, there is no hope. God's way is the best way. Going on, it says... Actually, before we go on, I want to point out that Isaiah here is not taking the role of judge like the Pharisees were. He is not taking the form of judge himself. He is pleading with God, trusting in God as the righteous judge. So, going on now, it says, O oh Lord, may you ordain peace for us. For indeed, all that we have done, you have done for us. O oh Lord, our God, Other lords besides you have ruled over us, but we acknowledge your name alone. This is where Isaiah contrasts the faithful and the unfaithful. And here, he seems to prescribe faithfulness not to deeds or works, not to what the people of Judah have done, but prescribes faithfulness to another spiritual posture, Gratitude. Do you see it here? He's attributing success and goodness to God. All that we have done, you have done for us. Gratitude. And yet another spiritual posture. Loyalty. Other lords besides you have ruled over us, but we acknowledge your name alone. In this song, Isaiah models The true spiritual postures of righteousness, trust, gratitude, loyalty. Then he says, The dead do not live, shades do not rise, because you have punished and destroyed them and wiped out all memory of them. But you have increased the nation, O Lord. You have increased the nation. You are glorified. You have enlarged all the borders of the land. O Lord, in distress they sought you. They poured out a prayer when your chastening was on them. Like a woman with child about to give birth, writhes and cries out in her pain, so were we because of you, O Lord. We were with child, we writhed, but we gave birth only to wind. We have won no victories on earth and no one is born to inhabit the world. Have you ever gone through a hard season but then looked back and been pleasantly surprised by the growth that you experienced or the good that ultimately came of it? If you walked through that season leaning on God, acknowledging him, praying to him, Have you looked back and realized all the growth and blessing that you couldn't see in the moment, but you can see now? And that that was his power and not your own? And please do not hear me as claiming that all hardships, all trials are God's judgment and discipline for your growth. No, not necessarily. But hear this. In this song... It's Isaiah's testimony that his people Judah have been through a season of judgment from God. Yet in this judgment, he increased their nation. He enlarged their borders. He has been glorified as their God. Isaiah's looking back and saying, through this hardship, you have blessed us. You have blessed Judah. Judah. Proverbs 3, again, we read a Proverbs 3 earlier. A, a later verse says, My child, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be wary of his reproof, for the Lord reproves the one he loves as a father, the son whom, in whom he delights. And what did Judah do in this trial, in this time of discipline, it says they poured out a prayer. In prayer, we exercise trust, gratitude, loyalty. And did immediate success come out of their season of God's discipline? It doesn't sound like it. When Isaiah says, we were with child, we writhed, but we gave birth only to wind. We have won no victories on earth, and no one is born to inhabit the world, your dead shall live. You can throw this verse up. Um, Your dead shall live. Their corpses shall rise. Those who dwell in the dust will awake and shout for joy. For your dew is a radiant dew, and the earth will give birth to those long dead. So this heavenly prophecy, which of course foretells of the resurrection, foretells of eternity with Jesus. This heavenly prophecy of the resurrection claims that God brings about the ultimate victory, that through trial, through hardship, through discipline, through waiting, God causes life, resurrection power, joy, victory, to who? Those who have claimed righteousness by their posture of trust, gratitude, loyalty toward God. And we, church, we have something that the people of Judah in Isaiah's day did not have. A great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives and pleads for me. You know that song? We have Jesus who by God's righteousness became our righteousness. Romans 10 verse 4 says, for Christ is the culmination of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. Someone asked me a really great question earlier this week, an age-old question that the early church wrestled with a lot, and we see Paul addressing it a lot, especially in in the book of Galatians and Romans. And the question was, I reworded it, but something like this. So are we supposed to live in the fear and reverence of, the, of God or live in the freedom and grace of Christ? And the not easy but short answer is it's both. It's both. And that is, that is righteousness, it's trust in God's way as the best way. And it's freedom in Christ. Freedom to be a blessing. And sometimes we're too far on one side of the, or the other of that spectrum. And God, I believe, gently disciples us often in, in the side in which we're lacking. Pushes us or encourages us or bring someone into our life to to be a model of maybe the other side. But ultimately, being a disciple is both. And Isaiah reminds us that our hope lies in the paths of God's judgment, that God's way is the best way. And we live in the freedom that Jesus secured our righteousness. Righteousness. God gave him to us so that we could be righteous. Just as God's people, the nation of Israel, and then Judah ultimately could not be righteous on their own. God sent Jesus so that we now can embody that righteousness and live in this trust, gratitude, loyalty, not to become slaves to fear or a a law, but to become children of God, children to whom he gives the ultimate victory. He gives joy and life, like a child who has come to adulthood and whose parents celebrate and give that child both dignity and responsibility and livelihood. That's from Galatians. If, If you Wrestle with this question. I really encourage you to read Galatians 3 through 5. So, where does this leave you today? I pray that it leaves you with hope, for this is a song of hope, and I pray that it leaves you with dignity that in Jesus you are righteous. In Jesus you are righteous. You have a clean slate to lean. Lean into these spiritual postures that Isaiah has modeled for us in a time of judgment, in a time of trial, in a time of discipline. So go as we sing, as we respond. Go walking as the righteous ones of God. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about the Free Methodist Church of Santa Barbara, you can visit us online at fmcsb.org. We pray this message has been a blessing to you.